Episode 3, Qin Dynasty, Victory of Reform and Pragmatism. Hello, and welcome to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. I'm Patrick Flannery. Today, we're talking about the Qin Dynasty, a period of reform and pragmatism that followed the Warring States period about 2,500 years ago. The Qin was one of the seven strong and powerful major states that emerged from the Warring Era to become one of the dominant powers. In 230 BCE, the Qin king, named Ying Zhang, unleashed the final campaign of the Warring States period, setting out to conquer the remaining states, which were the Qi, Chu, Yan, Han, Zhao, and Wei. After the fall of the Qi state, China was unified under the rule of Qin. Ying Zheng declared himself Qin Shi Huang, meaning first emperor of Qin, and founded the Qin dynasty, thereby becoming the first sovereign ruler of a united China. So how could Ying Zheng accomplish this seemingly impossible mission? It's a long story. An ancestor of the Qin state was not a vassal himself. He was an official in charge of raising horses for the royal family of Zhou, which was an unassuming official position. Because of his merits in raising horses, his family was awarded a separate fiefdom in a remote valley that is today's Tianshui in Gansu province. After winning a decisive battle against the surrounding barbarians, the fiefdom was moved to what is now Xianyang and Xianxi province. However, Qin was still not a vassal state. Even after it became one, its king was looked down upon by others because the state was remote and the customs were seen as barbaric. It was much different from the central plain area. During the Warring States period, Qin began to develop, which drew attention and even fear from the other six states. They called Qin the state of tiger and wolf. Why'd they do that? Well, when we talk about tigers and wolves, we feel both scared and envious. On one hand, we're proud of being human. On the other hand, we're afraid of these animals because we couldn't win in a fight against them. So what did the six states do? They united to fight the Qin, even though they had already been conquered by it once. So how did the Qin barbarians win the final victory during the Warring States period? First, geography. Second, the advocacy of practical methods and pragmatism. Third, efficiency and centralization. Let's talk about the first one, geography. Qin was in northwest China, where the earth was relatively more barren than the central plain area was. However, it had the best area for raising horses. Well, what's so good about raising horses? Well, we've discussed in the last episode, so long as there are horses, there's the possibility of having a cavalry. History has taught us that the cavalry was the strongest part of the army before the invention and popularization of machine guns and tanks. Thus, an army with a cavalry was far stronger than those without one. The Qin also occupied Sichuan before it united the country, which matters because of the existence of mines of salt and iron ore. Salt is vital, as we know. A salt mine is a money-making machine and can support its owner during a war. As for the iron ore mine, bronze was the main material to make weapons during the cold weapons era, but iron was better for making weapons. 
stronger weapons, better horses, and stable finances all helped to guarantee victory for the Qin state and unite the six states. The second key reason why the Qin won the war was that it found success in being practical. Before the Qin dynasty, a person's social status was defined by blood. If you were a noble, you were in a higher class at birth. However, the Qin state judged an individual by their military merits, which, to be specific, was how many enemies you killed. There were rules about how much you could get for killing an enemy, or what title you could receive for killing ten enemy soldiers. The rules were the rules. Everyone in Qin prepared for war. The Qin reform was carried out by an official named Xiangyang. He had offended the king and was caught trying to escape. Why? Well, because he was reported by a hotel owner. Why couldn't Xiangyang bribe the owner to let him go? The law he wrote stated that if anyone reported any criminal or suspect to the government, he might earn a reward or even a title, which was a lot more attractive than the money Xiangyang could afford. Thus, he was caught up in his own rules. We can see, therefore, how practical, thorough, and, in Xiangyang's case, inflexible the reform was. The third reason for Qin's success was it had become a centralized country after the reform. What is centralization? It's when the king has the final say. In other states, there might be nobles or officials who say no to the king. In Qin, the king stood by his word. One example is the Battle of Changping. It was a military campaign that took place between the state of Qin and the state of Zhao, which ended with a decisive Qin victory and greatly weakened Zhao. Sima Tian, a highly renowned Chinese historian considered the father of Chinese historiography, once claimed that over 450,000 Zhao soldiers were killed during and after the battle. The state of Zhao was said to have the most powerful army of the six states at that time. How did Qin win the Battle of Changping? The king recruited all male youths over the age of 15 in the state. They joined the war as a reserve and helped to cut off the retreat of the Zhao army. This was the power of centralization. Therefore, the Battle of Changping was the aristocrats losing to the centralized authoritarian rule of Qin. However, winning the war never means that you can hold on to the victory forever. The unprecedented success of the Qin state was also an unprecedented short-lived dynasty. This corresponds to what the politician Lu Jia said during the Western Han dynasty. He said, you, you can, can obtain, obtain the country, country by war, but, but you, you cannot use those methods in the war to govern the country. country. Governing a country is far more complicated than conquering the land. Do you agree? Okay, thanks for listening to today's Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. In our next episode, we'll tell you the story of the failure of the Qin Dynasty after its unification of the six nations. I'm Patrick Flannery. See you next time.